It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. First, the latest developments out of the Middle East. Israel and Hamas are signaling that a temporary ceasefire could be extended beyond today. Under the current agreement, Hamas is releasing 50 hostages in exchange for 150 Israeli-held prisoners. President Biden says he's aiming for this break in fighting to continue. Critically needed aid is going in and hostages are coming out. And this deal is structured so that it can be extended to keep building on these results. That's my goal. That's our goal, to keep this pause going beyond tomorrow. And President Biden spoke yesterday with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who signaled an extension was possible. Meanwhile, Israel is coming under increasing pressure to agree to an extension of a four-day pause in its war with Hamas. We get more from Bloomberg's Simon Marks in Tel Aviv. Israel is under some pressure to continue the sort of slow drip releasing hostages. There is still a lot of public pressure here to get many more released. And the families uh, and the victims of the hostage families are still very active. Bloomberg Simon Mark says so far Hamas has handed over 58 hostages, including non-Israelis. It is slated to free another 11 Israelis today to fulfill the four-day agreement. And in Washington, the issue of Israeli aid may be getting more complicated. Bloomberg Zed Baxter has that story. Senator Chris Murphy is saying lawmakers should consider conditioning future aid to Israel based on compliance with international humanitarian law. I think there's both a moral cost to this many civilians, innocent civilians, children often losing their life, but I think there's a strategic cost. Ultimately, Hamas will get stronger, not weaker, in the long run if all of this civilian death um, allows them to uh, recruit more effectively and ably uh, inside Gaza. Murphy on on CNN says a civilian death toll must stop. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Ed. Another complicating factor in aid to Israel and Ukraine is a dispute over security at the southern border. Republicans in Congress want to tie foreign military assistance to tougher border policies. On NBC's Meet the Press, House Intelligence Chair Mike Turner said it will be tough to pass the aid before the end of this year while the issue remains unresolved. Man, Amy, events in the Middle East may be forcing President Biden to skip an event he's attended the past two years. According to The New York Times, a White House official says the president will not be at the COP28 climate summit in Dubai. The official didn't say why, but senior aides are suggesting the Israel-Hamas war has consumed the president in recent weeks. Meanwhile, Elon Musk will today meet with the Isra- with Israel's prime minister and president, as well as representatives of the families of hostages held in Gaza. The closed-door meeting appears to be an effort to diffuse a growing backlash over the billionaire's endorsement of an anti-Semitic tweet. While Musk has drawn support from notable figures, including hedge fund manager Bill Ackman, others, including British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, say the Tesla and SpaceX chief should not be given a pass because of who he is. 
I don't tend to get in the business of scrutinising what every single person says who I've interacted with. Of course I abhor anti-Semitism. It doesn't matter whether you're Elon Musk or you're someone on the street who's shouting abuse at someone who happens to be walking past you. That's wrong in all its forms. Anti-Semitism in all its forms is completely and utterly wrong. Sunak's careful criticism comes just weeks after the British Prime Minister had a fireside conversation with Musk at the UK AI Summit. Turning to markets, Amy's stocks are going higher. That's the call from Deutsche Bank. The firm's strategists, including Binky Chata, predict the S&P 500 will rally to a record 5,100 by the end of next year. That's about 12% above current levels. Chata says stock valuations are not high and earnings are growing solidly. Meanwhile, Wall Street returns to work with lots of economic data and plenty of earnings reports. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Tech earnings will be in focus this week with Zscaler and CrowdStrike Holdings underscoring how businesses are prioritizing cybersecurity after recent high-profile corporate hacks. Among the other technology companies reporting this week, Salesforce and Dell in New York. Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Charlie, thanks. We're also keeping an eye on retailers today. Well, because it's Cyber Monday, the huge online spending day comes after shoppers spend a record online on Black Friday. More on that from Bloomberg's Eddie Vanderwald. What we're seeing is that U.S. consumers spend a record $9.1 billion online. That's according to uh, Adobe Analytics. And it's the, it's a record so far. But we're seeing two interesting trends. Number one, a lot of people are spending on buy now, pay later. And we are seeing them buying less luxury items with this spending. So it feels like the consumer is starting to feel the pinch. And rather than going out spending big money, is saying, look, this might be a good opportunity to start cutting back our spending. Bloomberg's Eddie Vanderwalt says global Black Friday sales rose 22%, led by clothing, personal care and jewelry. The owner of TikTok is cutting jobs. ByteDance plans to eliminate hundreds of positions in gaming and wind down its showpiece brand Newverse. The closure marks ByteDance's biggest retreat from a once-booming gaming industry, dominated by Tencent and its smaller foe, NetEase. Sources say the Chinese company intends to announce the cuts later today. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. And good morning, Amy. The U.S. is investigating whether Iran was behind an incident in which missiles were fired near the Navy destroyer USS Mason. The Mason intervened to stop the hijacking of a commercial cargo ship by pirates in the Gulf of Aden near Somalia on Sunday, after which two ballistic missiles were fired from Yemen toward the Navy destroyer. The ballistic missiles were fired from the part of Yemen controlled by Iranian-backed Hutu rebels. They fell well short of the mark. We could be looking at a shakeup in the battery industry that's critical for the energy transition. Battery giants are starting to put their money on a new sodium-based technology. Let's get more in this report from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Sodium from rock salt and brines is cheaper and way more abundant than the lithium widely used now in batteries. But in the past week alone, Sweden's Northvolt said it made a breakthrough and China's EV maker BYD signed a deal to build a $1.4 billion sodium ion battery plant. Also, China's CATL said back in April its sodium-based batteries would be used in some vehicles starting this year. This could all hit lithium demand hard. Bloomberg EDF has said 
sodium could cut hundreds of thousands of tons of lithium demand by 2035. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. This post-Thanksgiving travel rush could be one for the books. American Airlines said that it flew 6.5 million customers over the holiday, the highest ever for the airline. Well, this traveler at Newark Liberty Airport spoke for many. I travel from California to New York back and forth all the time. I have never had this much of a wait. I don't know. I don't know why. American says it had more than 6,100 departures Sunday and expects about 6,000 flights today. The Biden administration today will announce a redoubling of measures to strengthen supply chains. It's creating a new White House Council on Supply Chain Resilience. The council will conduct a supply chain review, mirroring similar strategic documents prepared for national defense and homeland security. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm John Tucker and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, John. We bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule and you can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify and Anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. And for that, we bring in John Stashauer. Amy, the game of the day was in Philadelphia. The Eagles trailed Buffalo by 10 points in the fourth quarter, trailed by three with 20 seconds to go when Jake Elliott tied the game with a 59-yard field goal. Philly also trailed in overtime, but Jalen Hurts scored a touchdown, and the Eagles beat the Bills 37-34. Philly is 10-1. The Bills having a disappointing season at 6-6. The Patriots having a really disappointing season. They are 2-9, lost to the Giants 10-7 when Chad Ryland missed a 35-yard field goal with three seconds to go. Ravens last night improved to 9-3. They beat the Chargers 20-10. The Steelers are 7-4, all seven wins by seven points or less. They've been outscored on the season, but Pittsburgh able to win at Cincinnati 16-10. Bengals playing without the injured quarterback Joe Burrow. Carolina dropped a 1-10, lost to Tennessee 17-10. Indianapolis beat Tampa Bay 27-20. Michael Pittman had over 100 yards in receptions. Two SEC schools with new football coaches at Texas A&M. It's Mike Elko. He had been at Duke the last two years, and the previous to that, he was the Aggies defensive coordinator. Mississippi State's new coach is Jeff Levy. He had been the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Another F1 win for Max Verstappen. That's 19 out of 22 races. That's the most ever. Celtics still unbeaten at home. They beat the Hawks 113-103. Jason Tatum scored 34. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. Today is scheduled to be the final full day of a four-day truce between Israel and Hamas. But after the release of dozens of hostages from Gaza, including a four-year-old American-Israeli girl, both sides are now signaling this pause could be extended. And for the latest, we're joined from Tel Aviv by Bloomberg News reporter Simon Marks. Simon, good morning. What is the likelihood that we could see an extension given the number of hostages that have been released so far? Well, so far, the chances of this taking place seem to be making some good progress. Um, Hamas has released a statement saying that, in theory, they would agree to an extension. And Israel, um, uh, for the whole way along, uh, this this current cruise, uh, truce has, has said that it would be open to further days. So we're talking about 10 per day um for up to 10 days um you know diplomats in the city do expect that we will see one or two more days it's a little unclear whether we're going to get to the full 10 uh, but there is obviously a lot of pressure on the government of benjamin netanyahu to continue the release of the hostages with the families still campaigning and very vocal on this front yeah that's happening on the outside talk a little bit more about as well the behind the scenes pressure that's uh, happening with israel and hamas to potentially uh, secure a further ceasefire yeah i think um the main reason for this is that the international community would like to see more aid get into gaza obviously uh, the strip has been pounded for weeks now. Uh, there's still at least 100,000 people in the north with very, very limited access to any form of humanitarian care. And then in the south, you've got over a million displaced people uh, in, in, in you know, re- really devastating conditions. So there were 200 trucks that managed to get over the border from Egypt on Sunday. Um, there's been about 2,000 in total, but the hope is is that increases a lot, a lot more in the coming days. What's the feeling about whether there is enough aid going in right now and whether that aid could potentially be used to support Hamas? There has to still be that concern among the Israelis, right? Yeah, of course. And, you know, this is part of the reason why the bureaucracy around getting trucks in, the checks and balances um, from the Israelis was so was so stern. And um, and it's also part of the reason why getting aid in was actually difficult in the beginning. That does seem in recent days to have opened up. Um, there is this notion that, you know, if Israel is to continue its ground offensive against Hamas, that in return, they cannot be seen to be blocking aid, you know, and flouting international humanitarian law. Um, But yes, I mean, Hamas fighters are spread throughout the Gaza Strip. And uh, many people seem to think that they have a presence in the south, too, where there are a lot of civilians. And that uh, factors into a a lot of the commentary that we're hearing from uh, particularly congressional Democrats in Washington, D.C., that future aid to Israel might need to be conditioned on international humanitarian law uh, being followed more uh, stringently. How is that potentially factoring in uh, to Israel's decision making when it comes to extending the pause in fighting or uh, carrying on this war even further uh, once whenever? the pause ends, it it does end. Well, very much so. Um, Israel are extremely dependent on diplomatic and material support from the United States. Without that, 
I think, um, you know, the, the pressure for them to 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 stop this war is going to mount. Um, so far, we've seen a lot of pressure from Biden's administration to make sure Israel do allow aid in, but there hasn't been, you know, a stringent call for any longer term ceasefire. So it does seem that this green light essentially for Israel to go back in to the Gaza Strip once this truce comes to an end is is very much there, even though perhaps in some other corners of the world, particularly the Gulf and parts of Europe, obviously the pressure is mounting. But yeah, as we all know, the main bidder here is the United States. And as this pause continues, Simon, are there risks of other fronts opening while the pause goes on? I mean, there's been sporadic fighting that we've been reporting on in the West Bank, as well as the back and forth over the Israeli-Lebanon border. Yes, definitely. As you mentioned, the West Bank, um, I mean, just just overnight, there has been a report. There were eight Palestinians killed in the West Bank in an airstrike. Um, the situation is very restive there. Um, that there is growing settler violence um, since October seven. Um, Jewish settlers in the area have have carried out way over two hundred attacks on Palestinian communities, and the Israeli army have also come down pretty tough on demonstrators and suspected sympathizers uh, of Hamas. The population there in general feels like it's being occupied and oppressed and that the Palestinian Authority, which runs the show there in some areas, isn't really representative of them. Obviously, if things continue in this direction, there's massive risks of it of it boiling over. And then, you know, I think beyond that, beyond Israel's borders, um, so far, it has been more or less contained, but it's very, very worrying. We saw Israel strike um, the airport in Damascus um, not that long ago, um, targeting, yeah, targeting uh, Iranian mm. targets there. So uh, clearly, it's a it's a huge risk. This is Bloomberg Daybreak today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.